Hi, friends. I'm Annie F. Downs. Let's read the Gospels. The Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the stories of Jesus Christ's life on earth, the friendships, the parables, the sacrifices, the meals, the miracles. Each month here on Let's Read the Gospels, we're reading all four books. So make sure you're subscribed and listen. If you get a chance to rate and review the show, that would be awesome. And here is how it works. Most days I read three chapters to you, but today we're actually only going to read two. That's given us a chance to stay in the same book each day this month. So like I said, I'll read two chapters to you today and they are a little bit long, so it works out great. You can listen or read along in your own Bible and then I'll pray and that's it. So today is August 9th, day nine, and I'll be reading Matthew chapters 25 and 26. And this month I'm reading from the message. Matthew 25. God's kingdom is like 10 young virgins who took oil lamps and went out to greet the bridegroom. Five were silly and five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps, but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom didn't show up when they expected him and they all fell asleep. In the middle of the night, someone yelled out, he's here, the bridegroom's here, go out and greet him. The 10 virgins got up and got their lamps ready. The silly virgins said to the smart ones, our lamps are going out, lend us some of your oil. They answered, there might not be enough to go around. Go buy your own. They did, but while they were out buying oil, the bridegroom arrived. When everyone who was there to greet him had gone into the wedding feast, the door was locked. Much later, the other virgins, the silly ones, showed up and knocked on the door saying, Master, we're here. Let us in. He answered, do I know you? I don't think I know you. So stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000, to another $2,000, to a third $1,000, depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same, but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most, and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. When he finally arrives, blazing in beauty and all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort the people out, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting sheep to his right and goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter, you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. 
then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, Get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never visited. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? He will answer them, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. Matthew 26. When Jesus finished saying these things, he told his disciples, you know that Passover comes in two days. That's when the Son of Man will be betrayed and handed over for crucifixion. At that very moment, the party of high priests and religious leaders was meeting in the chambers of the chief priest named Caiaphas, conspiring to seize Jesus by stealth and kill him. They agreed that it should not be done during Passover week. We don't want a riot on our hands, they said. When Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him as he was eating dinner and anointed him with a bottle of very expensive perfume. When the disciples saw what was happening, they were furious. That's criminal. This could have been sold for a lot and the money handed out to the poor. When Jesus realized what was going on, he intervened. Why are you giving this woman a hard time? She has just done something wonderfully significant for me. You will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives, but not me. When she poured this perfume on my body, what she really did was anoint me for burial. You can be sure that wherever in the whole world the message is preached— what she has just done is going to be remembered and admired. That is when one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the cabal of high priests and said, What will you give me if I hand him over to you? They settled on thirty silver pieces. He began looking for just the right moment to hand him over. On the first of the days of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare your Passover meal? He said, Enter the city. Go up to a certain man and say, The teacher says, My time is near. I and my disciples plan to celebrate the Passover meal at your house. The disciples followed Jesus' instructions to the letter and prepared the Passover meal. After sunset, he and the twelve were sitting around the table. During the meal, he said, I have something hard but important to say to you. One of you is going to hand me over to the conspirators. They were stunned and then began to ask one after another, It isn't me, is it, Master? Jesus answered, The one who hands me over is someone I eat with daily, one who passes me food at the table. In one sense, the Son of Man is entering into a way of treachery well marked by the Scriptures. No surprises here. In another sense, that man who turns him in turns traitor to the Son of Man. Better never to have been born than do this. Then Judas, already turned traitor, said, It isn't me, is it, Rabbi? Jesus said, Don't play games with me, Judas. During the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. Taking the cup and thanking God, he gave it to them. Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, God's new covenant, poured out for many people for the forgiveness of sins. 
I'll not be drinking wine from this cup again until that new day when I'll drink with you in the kingdom of my father. They sang a hymn and went directly to Mount Olives. Then Jesus told them, before the night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. There's a scripture that says, I'll strike the shepherd, dazed and confused, the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I, your shepherd, will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter broke in. Even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Don't be so sure, Jesus said. This very night, before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protested. Even if I had to die with you, I would never deny you. All the others said the same thing. Then Jesus went with them to a garden called Gethsemane and told his disciples, Stay here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into an agonizing sorrow. Then he said, This sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Going a little ahead, he fell on his face, praying, My father, if there is any way, get me out of this. But please, not what I want. You, what do you want? When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. He said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. He then left them a second time. Again, he prayed, my father, if there is no other way than this, drinking this cup to the dregs, I'm ready. Do it your way. When he came back, he again found them sound asleep. They simply couldn't keep their eyes open. This time he let them sleep on and went back a third time to pray, going over the same ground one last time. When he came back the next time, he said, Are you going to sleep on and make a night of it? My time is up. The Son of Man is about to be handed over to the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's get going. My betrayer is here. The words were barely out of his mouth when Judas, the one from the Twelve, showed up and with him a gang from the high priest and religious leaders brandishing swords and clubs. The betrayer had worked out a sign with them. The one I kissed, that's the one, sees him. He went straight to Jesus, greeted him. How are you, Rabbi? And kissed him. Jesus said, friend, why this charade? Then they came on him, grabbed him and roughed him up. One of those with Jesus pulled his sword and, taking a swing at the chief priest's servant, cut off his ear. Jesus said, Put your sword back where it belongs. All who use swords are destroyed by swords. Don't you realize that I am able right now to call to my father and twelve companies, more if I want them, of fighting angels would be here, battle ready. But if I did that, how would the scriptures come true that say this is the way it has to be? Then Jesus addressed the mob. What is this? Coming out after me with swords and clubs as if I were a dangerous criminal? Day after day, I have been sitting in the temple teaching, and you never so much as lifted a hand against me. You've done it this way to confirm and fulfill the prophetic writings. Then all the disciples cut and ran. The gang that had seized Jesus led him before Caiaphas, the chief priest, where the religion scholars and leaders had assembled. Peter followed at a safe distance until they got to the chief priest's courtyard. Then he slipped in and mingled with the servants, watching to see how things would turn out. The high priest, conspiring with the Jewish council, tried to cook up charges against Jesus in order to sentence him to death. But even though many stepped up, making one false accusation after another, nothing was believable. 
Finally, two men came forward with this. He said, I can tear down this temple of God and after three days rebuild it. The chief priest stood up and said, what do you have to say to the accusation? Jesus kept silent. Then the chief priest said, I command you by the authority of the living God to say, if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus was curt. You yourself said it. And that's not all. Soon you'll see it for yourself. The Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Mighty One, arriving on the clouds of heaven. At that, the chief priest lost his temper, ripping his robes, yelling, He blasphemed. Why do we need witnesses to accuse him? You all heard him blaspheme. Are you going to stand for such blasphemy? They all said, Death. That seals his death sentence. Then they were spitting in his face and knocking him around. They jeered as they slapped him. Prophesy, Messiah, who hit you that time? All this time, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard. One servant girl came up to him and said, You were with Jesus the Galilean. In front of everybody there, he denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. As he moved over toward the gate, someone else said to the people there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it, salting his denial with an oath. I swear, I never laid eyes on the man. Shortly after that, some bystanders approached Peter. You've got to be one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he got really nervous and swore. I don't know the man. Just then, a rooster crowed. Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. That is Matthew 25 and 26 in the message. Let's pray. Jesus, I like um, how you confront Judas, even the times when Judas isn't telling you the truth. And he's like, is it me? And you're like, don't play games with me. Jesus, and I, when I read that today, I just felt this like invitation from you to not play games and to not say what isn't actually 100% true and to not like feel this temptation to sugarcoat how I pray and what I say to you. And so for all of us today, would we just drop the charade? Would we drop the games? And would we just tell you what is really true? Jesus, would we just feel really invited by you to tell the whole truth about our lives, about our worries, about our hopes? And um, and we could just say them to you plain. We don't want to be like Judas. <laughs> we don't want to lie to your face. And so help us to be truth tellers even to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.